0: What's that?
1: Uh, not much, just reading on, uh, an article about Charlie Angus Kicking off his NDP leadership race, punk rock style
0: Punk rock style?
1: Yeah, so I guess so Charlie Angus, second guy
0: to, to... To put his name in the ring?
1: Put his name in the ring, yeah And he, uh, they booked uh, a bar in Toronto apparently where he saw his first punk rock show, and his band played, <laughs> his band played right before he, uh, he does his speech.
0: Well, sometimes it's science, sometimes it's punk rock.
1: <laughs> I like that one.
0: So, we're starting to have an interesting uh, array of candidates in the NDP leadership race. Yeah,
1: it looks like. In case you haven't noticed, we're going to talk about the NDP leadership Today. looks like so we got three officially in, and and four or five that are uh a, a, are like one or two more that seem like they might do it. Um, I guess since I'm already reading this, we can talk about Angus first. So we both well, we don't know him personally, but we don't we both know of Charlie Angus. He, he ah. represented us for quite a long time.
0: I've met him a few times, shook his oh, yeah. hand, yeah, I was actually, um, I was just watching a video where they were interviewing him and they asked how he was going to relate to uh, Quebec coming from northern Ontario, and he, he, he had a swift response, he says, I actually live 50 kilometers from the Quebec border and I represent uh, a region that's largely Francophone, and it's funny because he actually participates a lot in Francophone events, um, when I was living in Timmins, uh I ran into him. I remember one time in particular was uh, uh, La Saint Jean Baptiste, so the, 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 which is like a French holiday, and it um, yeah, was there also was,
1: Quebec national holiday, right?
0: Yeah, uh, but it's also yeah, it's also celebrated in other Canadian provinces um, as the Saint Jean Baptiste, and um, I ran into Charlie Angus there, and he was he was there in this green and white, which is the colors of uh, uh like French Franco Ontarians. It was it was good to see him um, out at, at those types of events.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I have to ask then if we're talking about someone trying to be prime minister, how good is his French?
0: It's not horrible. Um, it's definitely better than Stephen Harper's was, uh, but it's not at Justin Trudeau <laughs> levels. Uh, it's not, like, yeah. you could tell it's not his first language—but he could definitely hold a hold a conversation. He actually made a speech at this event that I was at in French, and he connected. Actually, it was more—I've seen—I've seen, I've seen him uh, at more than one francophone event, but he—he um, he connected uh, with the crowd fairly well. I actually have a video of Charlie doing a speech that I'll have to dig up. Um, in French. <laughs> and I'll have to post oh, that on, on our social media.
1: Okay. So yeah, um yeah, like Kai mentioned earlier, he's been almost like maybe not my whole life, but for a good part of my life anyways, he was the MP for the region that I lived in, u s well, right? Tim and Steen's face.
0: Yeah, before um, that, before that it was liberal. Do uh, you, you remember David Ramsey?
1: Yeah,
0: was that was it, a while ago, yeah. Who was MP? I think. Oh, actually, actually, no, that's a little complicated. We we won't get into that. But the writing has actually changed um, in, the, in recent years up there, because we didn't used to be in the same writing as uh, Timmins James Bay used to be in like Cochrane, Temiskaming when we were okay. in
1: what, Where's Charlie Angus? Like what, what town is he in anyway? It's like he said fifteen kilometers from Quebec.
0: He's somewhere uh, around Anglehart or Earlton the Tri Town of uh, like okay. he's, he's, been, he's from Temiskaming, the, the the Ontario side of Temiskaming.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Um yeah he seemed uh like he, he seemed like a pretty good guy I, yeah. I don't know mu- much about his his work in the, the House of Commons but like you said he's always at community events so he's ready to talk to people And I yeah. mean, he, he spent quite a bit of time up north too because right to Mince James Bay goes all the way up to the top of James Bay Moose and Eden, Moose Factory and all that he spent quite a bit of time up there on their native reserves too right
0: yeah so yeah he, I think that's definitely one thing that uh, that he'll be good for is Aboriginal issues. Um, whether that resonates with the population or not, uh, I I don't know. Like I don't know how how what the percentage of the population that, that are Aboriginal voters that are uh, voters that are Aboriginal voters. I don't have that statistic, but. Um, That's definitely one thing he'll be. uh, He'll whether whether whether, uh, if he does get elected, he would be um, he would be keen to deal with Aboriginal issues.
1: Cool. Yeah. Um, Aboriginal issues was definitely yeah. There's a few of them I think that uh, that that was part of their campaign. I think he also mentioned. Uh, the working class which I guess it, which is kind of
0: similar to the middle class that Justin Trudeau like, likes to go on about Yeah. He um, yeah he actually just the one of the videos I just watched um, he was cl- saying like Justin Trudeau always talks about the middle class but the middle class is now the working class which is blue collar and white collar people, uh, in the working class. So He's pretty much, it was kind of ambiguous, but he was saying that Trudeau had it wrong. It wasn't the middle class, it was the working class that was now just a blue collar and a white collar uh, working class.
1: Yeah, okay, fair enough. I kind of thought of that, yeah. I, I don't know if we're uh, I mean, the same thing, but with the World War class, too, I kind of always wondered, like, well, why, what hap- what happens to, like, the lower classes? <laughs> like, the middle class is one thing, but, like, what about, like, the people of the poorest tax bracket? Here?
0: Those people um, are not bored, apparently. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I guess it would make sense, too, like, Char- uh, like uh, I think Justin Trudeau's writing was um, – the mixed riding, um, in Montreal or something, but, uh, yeah, Charlie Angus from Northern Ontario, that means you would have a lot of, like, blue-collar working-class yeah. people, and even, like, 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 like we already mentioned, Indigenous people, and, um, Northerners are kind of a different breed almost in every province, I think. That, that's probably one of the biggest things, like, uh, my, there were some points with all these uh, people that when I reading F on them, but that I liked. But I like the fact that Charlie Angus is uh, from from a northern riding. I don't know if I've ever seen a national leader, definitely not a prime minister, from a northern riding.
0: No. Yeah, I think I think that would that would, it would be great personally. Um, yeah, I think it's been a really long time. Like, the closest thing we've seen to that is o- in Ontario when Mike Harris was, was Premier. I think he was from yeah, North he's Bay. From north
1: yeah. so that's yeah. not
0: even that far north, but <laughs> I
1: yeah. consider it Ontario. Yeah, and Kathleen Wynne has... I've heard her talk multiple times about uh, how how many northern, there's like four northern MPPs in her cabinet, too.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. If so, okay, it's mostly like Sudbury, Thunder Bay.
0: Yeah, probably. This few, maybe.
1: But, yeah, so this is one, I'll, I'll just end with, I guess, unless yeah, did you have anything else on uh, Charlie Angus? Like, he's obviously the one that we know the most.
0: But, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see how he does. Um, hopefully, he gains some traction. Um, but, but there are there are some other good uh, contenders in the race. So.
1: Oh we, yeah, definitely. We,
0: we can talk about those guys uh, too here. Yeah. Um,
1: okay. this one's kind of interesting. This last quote here after the speech. This isn't an, an article in in NowToronto.com that I'm reading. The same one that I was reading when he called me. I like Justin Trudeau a lot, but words mean something, he said. You can't make all these promises on electoral form, or the nation-to-nation relationship with Indigenous people, or making Ottawa more transparent, and then go about your business as usual. We're going to start to mix things up in Ottawa a little more when I'm leader." It seems to be like a... kind of the tone that most challengers take. I guess we'll see yeah. if, he, if he becomes leader and if, and if that happens, if he becomes prime minister, if things really, if that changes. We shall see. Okay, so who else we have? Uh, an MP from Rimouski Neget Timiscuata Le Basque. His name is Bicaron. And I'm gonna go ahead and guess he can speak pretty good French. I'm not sure about his English, yeah,
0: well, I would say his English is probably as good as Charlie Angus's French,
1: yeah, I mean, like you know like, I'm not like as far as like bilingualism, like Justin Trudeau might be like the gold standard because like us, he has the advantage of growing up in a bilingual household,
0: yeah. For sure, for sure, I would definitely say so. Um, so rimouski Nagat temiscouata le is located on the east side of the Fleuve Saint-Laurent, uh, up near the peninsula, but not quite at the peninsula. So that, okay. that's very eastern Quebec. Eastern, uh, so not not north. Uh, it's like, uh, let's see here. It, it's not it's not super south. It's like Quebec City height. That's Quebec City is pretty far north though. Okay.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah, and Quebec was pretty far north as well too. So, yeah. Um, so he's a former economist, and uh, he actually has. One Platform Playing Cardio, he might be the only one, I think, that I've seen so far. And he says his first policy proposal would be a basic income, which if you've been following us, we have to talk about this on one of our podcasts. And here's a quote from him, I guess since like I got a quote from Charlie there. The problem with the n d p is we were never able to submit an economic platform that would actually make people dream, inspire people. This is what I want to do. He told uh he said that on power and politics, yeah, he did
0: well, yes, economic platforms, so I'm interested to see what's going to be in his economic platform um Going to talk a lot about infrastructure because I don't I don't know how much that makes people dream. I mean, I personally like infrastructure a lot, but I don't think that well, that that yeah. the general public really cares that much.
1: But basic income would be part of that as well, right? That would be part of an economic platform, would it not? Yeah,
0: that would definitely be part of it. That would be a huge part of uh, of an e- of his economic platform for sure.
1: So, basically, if you didn't listen, if you ha- didn't hear the podcast a few weeks ago, or was it last week? Um, yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. But, anyways, basic income is exactly what it sounds like. So, basically, just paying everybody a basic amount every year, I guess, right? Like or every month or whatever, um, so that would replace, like, the welfare system potentially the e uh, i system um, it's a way of like getting keeping people uh in the safety net i guess um, and it, it's been kind of thrown around more and more now uh now that our economy and our companies are starting to uh, automate quite a bit there's a uh, Like, like crazy predictions of how many people are going to be out of jobs and replaced by machines.
0: Really? Like, that's a thing now? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I I haven't really seen much about that. I mean, like, obviously people have been talking about that for for a really long time, but... Like, like are you talking about like at grocery stores where like self checkouts and stuff like that?
1: Self checkouts, sure. Um a lot of uh driving jobs, their, their predictions are i I'm like I can't I don't know the exact predictions, but with automa- automated vehicles, um like truck drivers and taxi drivers, um Trying to, yeah, like you said, grocery stores. Even some some jobs, like mine, like developing. Like, like as soon as we develop an algorithm like a, an algorithm or an artificial intelligence, we could like code ourselves out of work. Um, yeah, there's plenty of industries like that that can be disrupted by uh, manufacturing. Yeah, that's already been happening like crazy. Um, jobs or plants. Plants are coming back to North America, and not bringing back the jobs because, like, everything is like crazy automated in manufacturing. Um, you got like robots, robots building like major parts of the cars and stuff. Um, so I don't like it, it, it. Like it might be like, like I'm sure that every time in history there's been some sort of fear of it, but. Like I, I guess this is based on more like a, the technological era that yeah. we're in. I mean, there, there might be other jobs that come up and, and replace them, but it's not seeming like it's the case at the moment. At least well, not in the first world, quote-unquote.
0: Well, I, like, unemployment rates are not that low compared to historical, to historical data, though, so I don't know how they back that up, how they back those studies up. Like, if you look at an unemployment graph, there's not really not really that much. Like, if you're saying, like, the last five years or so, that jobs have been starting to, you know, um, dwindle down because of machines taking over jobs.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean... Like uh, I'll uh, I just found a, an article here I'll, I'll post it on on our links you can check it out on portcubros dot com, but uh, yeah anyways like that was kind of a, a side note from what we yeah. were actually talking. That's um,
0: true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, basic income would help if that is the case. Uh, if there is uh, if if those jobs start to get lost, but that. To me, that brings up a whole other conversation. Like, do we get? I guess that we're kind of getting. I'm kind of getting off track here, but if if the basic income happens, and is that basic income going to be enough for a person just to live off that income, or are they going to have to work a little bit, or like it's it changes fundamentally? It changes the economy fundamentally. So I have a lot of questions that I hope he answers uh, throughout his campaign about his basic income plan because it it raises a whole new slew of questions for me.
1: Yeah, so just just to clarify, he didn't say anything about the automation thing. That was me. This is his take on uh, why he... um why he's campaigning on it? He said his basic income proposal would help people living below the low income cutoff, the Statistics Canada threshold beneath which individuals or families devote a larger than normal share of their income to necessities like food and shelter. People can actually think of their future rather than thinking of what they have, what they will have to eat. Um, oh, okay. yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, like, there's all kinds of questions. I, I've seen. There's been very few pilot projects with basic income, we mentioned there's one going on in Ontario. And uh I guess to see the results in that to see if it if it de, de-, de- incentivizes people to, to, to work. work. Yeah. And yeah. think that's really a bad thing. Like, well, uh, I well I I guess kind Like
0: you see, so you would ask if it de incentivizes people to work. I would ask, also, if it incentivizes incentivizes people to start their own business.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Or invent something. Yeah. Or or pursue like like pursue a, a higher education than you would because you don't feel like you have that, the money to become a doctor or a scientist or. Or change, change career if you ever, you
0: know. I have other questions too. Like, um, how do you have to stay in Canada a certain amount of days a year or a month or whatever in order to get this basic income? Because what if somebody just like moves or or just uses this income and just travels everywhere and doesn't actually contribute to Canadian society in any shape, way, or form?
1: Yeah, exactly. I like the way you form you uh you formulated that too you contributed to inside society instead of like contributing to the economy or to the workforce 'cause like you you're right, there's different ways to yeah. contribute to society. Um uh, so yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty big uh, a pretty big platform plank. I mean basic income that's that's pretty huge. I mean you you're gonna like I'm sure there's plenty of people that that are maybe centrist or like kind of kind of the one of the sides that might be um, that you know the, you know the welfare state haters or whatever that mm-hmm. that might count them out like right off the bat. But, uh, um, yeah,
0: so that that might alienate a certain a certain group of the population for sure. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you there. So we'll see what happens. Right, with that
1: then again like i mean in, in my opinion it, it might be good for the ndp to
0: to like, differentiate yeah, themselves yeah to
1: dif- and yeah and to be bold about something right like
0: yeah um, that's true
1: like when when the election started uh when the election campaign started last year like Tom was either at the front or near it but like, I mean, there were there was a few issues, but really, like, um, they were kind of concerned about you know um, we need Harper out, and we didn't really get much of like what a, a, a an NEP platform would be. So
0: yeah, and like they didn't um, like. The fact that they had the Liberal Party that was in full swing and, like, bouncing back from their, like, horrible demise did not help the NDP's case. Um, and, and my, like, I feel like the, the Liberals were very, very well organized for the last election, and they had, have, they have like, oh yeah, very intelligent people behind their campaigns that, that they just... It came like they they worked on it for a long time and they had a plan and they executed yeah, the plan. They had like a message. Yeah, and they executed to perfe- to perfection. So now, with like, like it might be different because now Trudeau's had some time to to kind of pick up some haters along the way, and. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if wow well, like I can't. Pre- we can't predict what's going to happen. But we'll see if the NDP can, kind of, get their foot in there this time.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'd, li- I'd like to kind of talk about that whole broader, the whole broader NDP strategy or whatever. Right after, um, right after we mention the candidates. So we had one from. Ontario, one from Quebec. And uh also a member from uh, from British Columbia yeah. His name is Peter Julian. He is C M P four. Barnaby.
0: I want to say. Uh, MP for New Westminster, Barnaby.
1: Okay, so those are uh, Vancouver suburbs.
0: And I'll give you a quick quote from him, since you were so kind and gave us the ones for the other two candidates. Um, It's time to make the priority regular folks rather than the rich and the well-connected. My vision of the country... What we fight for has to include a country where, no matter how wealthy, how well connected, everyone pays their fair share of taxes.
1: Okay, so he's. I guess they're all kind of targeting. Um, a little, uh, what is little uh What did you call it? Working class.
0: Yeah. So I'm seeing a little bit of a trend here.
1: <laughs> um. He's perfectly bilingual, apparently.
0: Perfectly what? bilingual from BC.
1: Four Quebec NDP MPs endorsed to his leadership bid. That's uh, yeah, that's just not many people in BC that are perfectly bilingual. At least not English-French bilingual. Tell really you that much. Um. So yeah, with uh, he he is what what did he do before? He was. I'm
0: not sure. I think we're reading the same article. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well yeah, I shared one a bit
0: about his uh Oh no, all right. Well I'm on a I'm C- on the I'm on a one. okay, uh, no. Ah, it doesn't um,
1: say
0: what it doesn't say what he uh let's see if Wikipedia, Wikipedia
1: So he's a uh, yeah so
0: uh, former brewery
1: and refinery worker turned financial administrator.
0: Interesting.
1: So he's worked uh, the blue collar job. Yeah. He's, Looks like uh, like here's another. Uh, uh, sorry,
0: what were you saying? Um looks like both him and Guy Cahill were the uh, industry critic of the NDP party at separate times.
1: Okay. Okay. So, yeah, he seems like he has some pretty um, bold stances. Um, he said he wants to keep... His, uh, party draw attention to his bold ideas. It's bold ideas, said Julian... Julian wants to keep his campaign focused on the issues building 250,000 units of affordable housing, advocating for free post-secondary tuition and reconciling with indigenous peoples. Um, And then uh, he also said that he doesn't think his party members will share all his his views including his stance against oil pipelines. There are some that say putting the pipelines through in some way will help the transition to clean energy. He says, I can't agree with that. So, he, he I guess he's got the, 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 the Vancouver stance, I guess, on the pipeline. Um, 250,000 units of affordable housing, I can imagine that a lot of the influence uh, came from him being from BC as well, because of yeah. a major homeless problem here in Vancouver and Victoria. And uh, free post-secondary tuition, which no, I think only the Green Party um, had that in the campaign class election.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one, though, because it's not really, like, it, as it stands now, it's not really a federal issue. Yeah, so
1: the wording, sorry, the wording was advocating for people yeah. secondary question and reconciling with Indigenous people, which is, uh, in some ways, in some ways, um, certain governments in BC have been uh, pretty successful at, at, at reconciling with with indigenous peoples and in some ways they've been pretty good at pissing them off as well i guess that might be um, might be the same across the country but that, those are pretty bold um, pretty pretty bold playing that's actually what makes the indigenous campaign
0: I found this one quote that it actually kind of gave me a laugh. Um, it's kind of it's kind of mean in a way, but we'll see if he's right. So, UBC political scientist David Moss Kropp says he doubted Julian would be the kind of politician likely to lead the country. Quote. There isn't a lot of excitement around him. He doesn't seem to bring anything new and particularly interesting to the race. End quote. So you you tend to disagree. Um,
1: well, well, I don't know him, right? So I just know from what I read what I'm reading now and what I've read today. So maybe.
0: But the issues like like the the, the right way pro or sorry anti pipeline. Stance, that definitely differentiates him. Angus was asked uh, about uh, the environment more generally, and he kind of diverted the question, said that the NDP um, actually has a large group of natural resources and environmental experts, and that he would uh, defer to, to them, essentially. Um, is what I got. That sounds That's like me. The lines.
1: That sounds like a Trudeau line from the, the campaign last year. But um, okay, and as much like I mean, I, I'm not gonna pretend or whatever. But like I obviously agree with with uh, Julian on on the pipeline thing. But I can see too. Like we've t- we talked about the difference between policy and politics, and it's easier. Well, I mean. They're both running now to run a national party. But, like, uh, like comparing Angus's position on something like this to uh, Julian's, I, I, I kind of try and keep context where they're from. Um, mm-hmm. Angus, like, Angus, like, his writing is, uh, like, we live there. It's pretty much lives or dies by natural resources. Um
0: most of the writing, for sure, is that. That's definitely the case. Uh, it's like not mining, uh, the lumber industry.
1: Uh, yeah. I don't know what they're going to be pulling out of the Ring of Fire. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I would disagree. From what I've, from what I know so far, anyways, I would disagree, and say that he brings up a different point of view than. Not even most people that I've seen running for his party, but most leaders I've seen around Canada. Yeah,
0: but well, well, I think, that, yeah, I think they all kind of do, though. I think they all have something. I think they all have that, like, not downtown, urban center kind of differentiation from other party leaders. And the, 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 I think they're, they're more, the more. Other than a little bit decorant, I think they're more like working class, and and actually, I think both Charlie and and uh, Peter Julian, um, both te- seem to be uh, from working class families or, or working class areas at least. So I think that they that they, they bring. They bring that to the to the uh to the table.
1: Yeah, like Westminster is probably about as far as the train goes out of Vancouver. That so he's right out in in the suburbs in the working class areas So yeah, that, that's the three that are there, uh that's the three that have put their names in so far. Uh did we want to mention I think there was one that I was thinking about it. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it in another episode if it actually happens.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, we can mention their names. It's like Nick, Nikki Ashton. Here, I see you put.
1: Yeah, Nikki Ashton. She. She's expected to to put her name in before the end. Uh, which is next is, is it next week or something.
0: I'm not sure exactly. I know the first debate is March. March twelfth. So she
1: she is a um, a member of Parliament in Manitoba for Churchill Twa Aski. Hopefully I said that right. Um, she's rumored to enter enter the race. Uh, the the first woman to enter the race so far. If she is, right? Yeah. Oh, the Hill Times took down the article I was reading earlier.
0: Yeah, it's no, 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 the link is just wrong. Just, uh, I've got it now. Here, here, I'll send it
1: to you. Any quotes from her?
0: Uh, give me one sec. All right, so let's see what Nikki Ashton. Uh, I don't have any quotes from her, but I have quotes about her.
1: Uh, uh, so, if uh, if it says any anything, the top top of the article is her with a bullhorn giving a speech to Ottawa's women mar- women's march on January twenty first. That's the day after the inauguration of Donald Trump. Let's hear that, a quote about
0: her. Quote about her, and this is just from a volunteer. Uh, well, I guess that. I uh, uh not know hear about details, but when asked by volunteers if she's planning to announce then, she doesn't deny anything, the volunteer said. I definitely think she's joining the leadership, and I'm definitely thinking it's going to be the beginning of March, said the volunteer. When we were talking about her doing events, she did say the day before the day of and the day after, she was really busy. And when we asked what she's doing the day before or the day after, she didn't really say.
1: Well, oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And then uh, a quote from her, or, uh, uh, from her office: "I'm giving leadership serious consideration based on numerous conversations with activists and with party members." Applying for the job of Prime Minister, it's not something to be done lately, I plan to make my decision soon. Nice. So, what do you make of that after talking with activists?
0: After talking to activists? Well, I mean, that's, I mean, Trudeau would do that too, though. <laughs> to be honest, like, that's do that Trudeau would, uh, or or. Trudeau would have definitely done at this stage in his like when he decided to announce the leadership uh, uh, for the for the Liberal Party. I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that or anything like that. Like I, I think it's great. Like she's she's involved with people and she's she um, she so so no firsthand about the issues that are like outraging Canadians if she's, act, if she's an activist, I mean, if she actively participates in those rallies and, and so she'll, she'll be able to connect with uh, that, that demographic very well. Um, and she'll be able to understand what the issues that they're after are, which is great. Um, so from that like i i don't know if that answers really what you were asking me
1: <laughs> yeah i know that's that uh, that's good yeah um what do yeah, you think uh, i don't know like much um i don't know much about her um as part of, like i think that's i i'm down with it like that's um Something that, that I've been kind of advocating for for a little bit for the Nikki is to have someone like a, an activist, like outspoken, like bold. That's why I like those quotes from from Julian as well. Um, the only thing that I know right now about Nikki Ashton is uh, she's like a, a fierce um, women's rights activist. Um, she founded the Women's Forum, an annual, annual event that features panel discussions and roundtables of MPs, with the goal of advancing feminism and gender equality. Um, so one thing,
0: I, one thing here uh, about how the um, sorry, I'm moving on a little bit, but yes. how how the the leader will be elected. So, the next leader of the party will be elected via preferential ballot system, but one that can be altered in between rounds. So, party members will begin online voting on September 18th, the day after a quote-unquote candidate showcase is held in Toronto, where each candidate will be given the opportunity to make their case in front of an audience. It won't be a debate though. By the time four party hosted debates and four riding association hosted debates will already have been held. Uh, members will submit their first ranked ballot between September 18th and October 1st, at which point the first round of voting will be cut off at 10 a.m. The results of the first round will be announced later on the evening of October 1st. And to win a candidate it must get 50% plus one of the vote. If there is no clear winner after the first round, the voting continues to a second round, and the field will be cut down to five to the five candidates with the most votes, so on and so forth. So that gives you kind of an idea of how that's that's kind of convoluted, but this is also kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that uh, it's interesting. We see this the only time we see any other kind of voting systems within leadership races within parties.
0: Yeah, the the liberals didn't do this though. Like it was just a ballot, and you just put the name of the person you wanted to elect the leader, and then yeah, but there
1: was a runoff,
0: right? Like there was rounds of it. I don't think there
1: was still a runoff. Yeah. Because I I only remember
0: voting. Well, I guess I might have only voted in the last round, but I voted. There was like I think three or four people on the ballot by the time I voted.
1: Okay, okay. Cool. Um, And one guy, one last person, since we didn't mention anybody that isn't already an NDP MP that might run is a man by the name of Jagmeet Singh. Interesting. He's the MPP for the Toronto area riding of, NDP MPP for the Toronto area riding of Brahmalea Gore Malton. Well, that's a city guy, I guess yeah. know kind of area. I'm not sure where Malton is. Um, apparently he He's kind of a bit of, he's a lawyer. Uh, he kind of was a big rock star like going up the ranks in the NDP um, provincially. He's got a big following on social media and very charismatic. He's a, a, a sheik, I think that would be the first leader of a major party, uh, she, um, and he's seriously considering it as well, uh, so he says, uh, as for his vision of Canada, saying that he wants to reduce the growing gap in income and equality, income and equality, sorry, to ensure that everyone can enjoy success now in a future generations. So, Canada is welcoming to everyone. However, sometimes policies don't pack that up. You can read between the lines what policies you might be talking about. So, I want to see a country that really meaningfully welcomes everyone, Make sure that everyone has an opportunity in this country to succeed. And asked if he could speak French. He said he is fluent in Canada's other official language. So, there's three, three, uh, three NDP MPs. Already in the race, and two more that will potentially be by next week. Cool. So you mentioned, yeah, there's like a, a crazy different uh, voting system for the leadership. Uh, I think I saw that you had to be a party member though.
0: Yeah, so but voting. yeah, we'll see. I guess what the liberals did it was like that you could be. I think they called it a supporter which is like a member, but like a non-paying member. So the trade-off is they send you a bunch of emails all the time. Okay. <laughs> but uh, that's actually what I have done, I think. or Maybe I had made a small donation to the party, I, I can't recall, but um, yeah. I don't think it was too expensive to become a member of a party. And if there is a candidate that you really think um, would make a good candidate for the prime minister of Canada. Um, it might be worth it because I know people say all the time, oh well, well I don't have a say in politics. Well, if you, this is kind of how you you can have a, a bit of a say and 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 kind of decide who. Like, or, oh, it's only the lesser of two evils or whatnot. Well, at this stage, there's more people, and you can contribute a little bit to uh, to their platform and and to their party, and then you can have a bit of a say, a bit more of a say in, in the political process.
1: Cool. Yeah, and you can kind of see a bit more of what goes on behind the scenes, the party dynamic. Um yeah, definitely. So did you vote for Trudeau? Did I? Yeah, for the leadership?
0: No, I didn't. Actually. Are you surprised?
1: Uh, I didn't hear the answer.
0: Uh, I voted for Mark Garneau.
1: Okay, he, he was, he's in Trudeau's cabinet though, right?
0: He is, yes. There's another guy I met a few times, actually, Mark Garneau, when I was at the uh, part of the uh, Young Liberals of the University of Ottawa. So I knew him a little bit, and I I thought he would be a good candidate. And, uh, yeah, so I voted for him.
1: Cool. So we kind of talked a bit uh, about, you know, maybe what what it would take for the NDP to win, or what a good NDP like, what a should uh, NDP party would look like to us? Like, to me, to me, it would take someone bold, like a bold uh, stance. Obviously, like you said, differentiate yourself a little bit from from the rest of the field. Um, uh, do you I, think? I, okay, go no, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, I think. That for now having a smaller pool of candidates than, like, say, like the Conservative Party, is going to probably end up getting them more media attention and give them more, like, you could actually have an idea of what's going on in the party, where the views are, whereas the Conservative Party is just all over the place, right? The the one guy has this idea and this other guy has this idea this girl has this idea The th- this other girl you know a different idea so they're not they don't have at least at this stage any clear vision for the party whereas i think we're seeing with the new democrats so far we're seeing some common themes that they at least all agree on so there's already there's already that that kind of direction that's that's, that's taking shape, which could give them the the advantage at least early in the race.
1: Yeah, and it's it's, uh, allowed that it's nice to see the reporting actually um, be about policy and not like uh, crazy antics or celebrities.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's important for all of the candidates whoever becomes the, the leader um, to keep that tone. I think that's one of their core things that they need to do in order to, to have a chance in uh, in this election.
1: Mm. Uh, there's a few things they can pick up on, you know, that, like a few drives, and I'm sure there'll be a few more by the time election time comes that people have with the current government, and people aren't going to forget the, the old conservative government, so that might give them that might give them a chance. For sure. Um, What do you know about the Leap Manifesto?
0: Not a whole lot. Um, I just saw Charlie um, getting a question about it, but that's about all. That was the first I heard about it.
1: The reason I ask about it is because it was read out at the NDP convention when they voted uh, Tom will care out. It's written by uh, uh, correct. Well, um, hopefully someone will correct me if I'm wrong. But it's written by author Naomi Klein. Uh,
0: Naomi Klein,
1: her husband, and her his father, who were, I know his father was in uh, was in the NDP, and her husband is involved with it as, as well. A, a Seth uh, Avis. Uh, a, holy crap! Where I see it? Uh, uh, I think her husband is A.V. Lewis, and her husband's name be or her is, the father is Seth Lewis. But anyways, it's uh it's, it's a, a a manifesto, obviously, and basically. I think there's two big benchmarks, basically the relationship with indigenous people and, and it goes hand in hand with uh, the climate, the major climate issue, um, the, the major climate change issue. So uh, I, I like it calls for all kinds of stuff, like uh, uh, an end uh, and to all oil subsidies, uh, and, and to all fossil fuel subsidies, uh, and to all trade deals that interfere with our attempt to build both with economies, regulate corporations, and stop damaging extractive projects, Uh, expanding the sectors of our economy that are already low-carbon, caregiving, teaching, social work, arts, and public interest media, Uh, following on Quebec's lead, uh, national child care program, basic income.
0: I have a question. How long yeah. is this document or like how is this formulated? Is just online everything or is it a physical document? Is it
1: Well there uh, there was I am pretty sure they brought the physical document to the um to the N D P convention, the whole thing was read out. Right uh like... Okay, uh, so it's, it's
0: not it's not like a book.
1: No, no, it's not a book. It's it's like uh it's um manifest, so I guess like uh it, I guess they were trying to get the NDP to adopt it, like, as part of their party policy or dollar okay. it, and they, they've gotten some people, like, so talk about basic income, um, uh, all day child care. I don't think that anyone talked, or, like, the, uh, what's it called? Like, $10 a day child care. Um, now, you know, there's one of the guys already talking about the pipelines and, you know, same kind of the thing with the indigenous peoples, with like the nation and nation relationships. Um, but yeah, anyways, it, it, it was it was brought at the NDP convention. I don't personally think it's going to be uh, um, like implemented and into any kind of like like I don't think they're no. going to take the whole thing and put it in their party policy or anything. But it looks like they're. Whether whether it, it was caused by it or not, like whether it was just whether people disagree with it or were influenced by it, I don't know.
0: Well, we'll see. I guess yeah. if uh CBC asked that question to Charlie Angus, what do you thought about the leap manifesto? So, so obviously it's getting some sort of media attention.
1: Yeah. It seemed like uh to me it seemed like a way like this would differentiate then from any other party I, I can almost get into you. Um, okay. I think we we, we like did you have anything else to cover about the NDC?
0: No, I think we got we covered quite a bit.
1: I I shared the lead manifesto too so if yeah, uh, I was looking you want it there. A look at it. Um no, for sure. You can see on super too. It'll be in our feed. Uh okay I wanna ask you one question and then you can ask me the same thing I guess if you want. What uh what would you have to see come from the party or its leader to vote NDP in 2019?
0: If Charlie Angus gets elected leader of the NDP, I'll be hard pressed to vote against him in the election. I'm not. I I, I'm, I can't make that call, but it would be. Ex- extremely, extremely difficult for me to vote against Charlie Angus, or the NDP, I I should say, because I wouldn't be voting. um, I wouldn't be voting, obviously, directly for him, as I'm no longer living in that writing. Um, The reason why is just because he's always advocated for his constituents. Um obviously the fact that I that I ha- I I know him a li- like I'm not I'm not going to pretend that I'm like great friends with him or anything like that but the times that I've met him um as opposed to other politicians that I've met he just seemed like a truly genuine guy um obviously he was a li- like he was on the go you know he's an on the go guy because he's always everywhere but I think he has an understanding of people and I think that's important in a politician like he when you talk to him he's listening to you he's that uh-huh. like like he sees politics not as a game of you know uh, like wealth and power and all this like to him I don't think that that would phase him I'm uh, a little guy from from like the, the tri towns. I could be wrong but I really don't think so. Um, so I think it would be really good to have somebody like that, um, level-headed, you know, at the, at the forefront of Canadian politics.
1: Um,
0: how How about you?
1: Uh, like, I um, I haven't met him, but I, I like him. Uh, but that wouldn't be my 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 vote. Like 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 you I I. I I like Charlie I guess. I actually, I've never met my, our MP here either, but he's also an MP. his name's Mary Rankin. He's actually the interim, no, he's a speaker or something right now.
0: I'm I'm gonna go him. ahead on a guess and say that you're gonna answer somewhere on the lines that you want to expect, you expect certain like, a certain direction from the party. And not necessarily just like he if he's leader kind of thing.
1: There's, there's yeah, well, and you can guess the direction one of the directions in yeah. the party. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think that uh, new new big resource extraction or pipelines. If, if there's a party that can actually come up to me and say that that's in their platform, that they're not that they're thinking about it or whatever that they're taking it seriously and gonna um, concentrate on on renewable energy and uh, like shutting down power stands, yeah, that's that's a big one. And the other thing that I'll throw in and this might be uh this might be the leader. Might be a party line. But I'd like to see the first um, the first trip or the first meeting with another uh, another leader, be a trip to the um, assembly of First Nations. I think that would that would start off on the right foot, saying you know, we're serious about the nation-to-nation nation relationship, and we need to fix what's at home before.
0: So but say, which uh, nation do they go to? Because it, you can't just go to, like, the head of the First Nations because they're yeah. all individual, well, not all, but they're mostly individual nations. no uh, so so there, like, there is
1: an assembly of, of First Nations in Canada, and they yeah. pick their own, they pick their their leadership, and that's the same leadership that, that uh, I, I'm pretty sure Trudeau, but definitely... Uh, provincial leaders have met with before. I know it's kind of it's kind of not the way they did things before, but they do have they do have that assembly now.
0: Uh, I know, but I I just feel there's like a I, chief. there's a
1: national team. There's a national team. So like, if we had an equivalent, that's what it would be,
0: right? I
1: guess I I. I uh.
0: It, it, that's that's for another time. We could have an uh, we could have an episode on Aboriginal affairs sometime. Oh, we should. Yeah. yeah. And on that note, I think we can uh, Wait,
1: we can end one there, sec, right? One sec, one sec, one sec. Um okay. Just uh, <laughs> holy crap! I Naomi Klein's husband and uh, father-in-law that made the communist manifesto. A. V. Lewis and Seth Klein.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, and that's,
0: I think that's it. Um, so check out the all-new dot com. We'll be updating that regularly. You know, our podcast will be up there, and we we consistently post links uh, to news articles we find interesting. So that you can find that there for sure.
1: Yeah, I posted like two while we were talking today.
0: So check it out. Uh, we're on Facebook, Super Forte Bros, on SoundCloud and
1: iTunes. And if you're talking to Charlie Angus anytime soon, there, tell him. Give him the last few lines of the manifesto. Now is the time for both, and Now is the time to for- be.
0: There you go. Maybe I'll Maybe she hears it often enough.